Good morning. This is the Real Estate for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Phil Coover. I'm a partner at Ice Miller's Real Estate Practice Group, and the Real Estate for Breakfast podcast is a Chicago-centric, but it's a national podcast, commercial real estate podcast, which presents real estate professionals and attorneys to create thoughtful commentary on real estate issues, current developments, and entertaining discussion. It is a mixture of the real estate business and law. Today, we have a great guest. We have Charlton Hamer of the Habitat Company. Charlton is is the senior vice president of the Affordable Group, and the Habitat Company is just fascinating company. They've been around for fifty years, and they own or manage several billion dollars in real estate, and ten, I think it's over thirteen thousand units in the Affordable Group's uh, portfolio, which Charlton is the senior vice president of and helps to oversee. And it's just a really it's not to be confused with the Habitat not for profit or Habitat for Humanity. It is a, a private group which is owns or manages. Uh, it has several different sectors, but really, we're, today we're talking about affordable housing, which is a, a very interesting component of commercial real estate. And you really have to understand a lot of the incentives and restrictions, and just different programs, and just a myriad of rules and procedures and programs in order to to effectively manage affordable housing. And so Charlton is a great person to talk about this. They, they also do super interesting projects like Ogden Commons, uh, which is a massive opportunity zone project in the North Lawndale neighborhood. And it, it pulls together the Mount Sinai Hospital System, Cinespace, uh, which does all of your Chicago Fire and Chicago whatever TV shows and movies and just is, is a huge institution. Pulled together all those companies, PNC Bank, uh, to do a massive opportunity zone project in that area. And and he'll talk about that, but also just to talk about COVID-19 and the the effect of recent uh, events on the commercial real estate industry and especially as applied to the affordable group. So I think you're really going to enjoy Charlton Hamer and, and his discussion. Um, I should, I always like to date these. We recorded this on June 25th and, and I just have been dating these specifically and calling that out ever since the pandemic because everything can change so quickly, but we'll probably release this after the July 4th holiday. But anyway, if you want to get in touch with me, philip.coover at icemiller.com. We're always looking for different guests, ideas, and, um, and feedback. Please uh, like the show, uh, rate the show, and uh, subscribe. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Coming right up, Charlton Hamer of The Habitat Company. Enjoy. Good morning. Today we have Charlton Hamer of The Habitat Company. Charlton is a senior vice president in the affordable group at The Habitat Company. Charlton, thank you very much for coming on the show. Good morning. Charlton, um, please start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and The Habitat Company. Um, I know me personally, I learned about the company about five years ago. And when I first learned about it, I was kind of amazed at how big of a company and how, what kind of just the scale of the projects that you all do and the types of projects that you all do. So if you could spend a little bit of time talking about your role there and the company, we'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And, and it's a, it's a pleasure. Um, let me start off by saying the Habitat company, not to be confused with the not-for-profit Habitat um, has been in existence for almost uh, 50 years. Um, and I, I really want to start off with a quote 
from Daniel Levin, the founder, who's really an icon in, in multifamily real estate in, in Chicago and actually in Detroit as well. And here's his quote, which no project is only an investment in real estate. It is an investment in the future of the community, in the lives of the people who live, who will live and work there. And so that's kind of the the, the umbrella of uh, of of the company, which which actually started with a large uh, urban renewal project, twenty eight acres in the Bronzeville area, known known to today uh, as 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 South Commons, and and then from there, um, you know, a number of different eighty uh, percent market rate buildings, which and twenty percent affordable. Uh, people in Chicago who have longevity in real estate know about presidential towers and the 2,300 plus units that were developed there that really provided that synergy um, for Chicago's near west side. And also, uh, the, the Habitat Company was a was a receiver uh, for the Chicago Housing Authority um, for almost almost 30 years. Um, um, and all all new development of public housing was facilitated by by the Habitat Company. So, really, what makes the Habitat Company special is it serves in in various dif- disciplines within real estate uh, development, property management, and throughout the, uh, various various uh, uh, platforms: uh, market rate housing, high end luxury. Uh, condominium, uh, traditional affordable, um, which is primarily those those developments that were uh, created using uh, equity from low income housing tax credits, and uh, generally you couple that with a with a, a rental subsidy or operating subsidy as as well, and then uh, the development and management of uh, of of public housing units. Um, has been in several cities throughout the country, but we currently serve now in in both Chicago and um, uh, St. Louis. This is my second stint <laughs> at the at the Habitat company. I was first at Habitat in '95. Uh, um, maybe I'm dating myself, but uh, I think around '94, '95, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe I'm dating myself and being forgetful as well. But um, I, came, I came in, I actually worked for Chicago Housing Authority, uh, and then I worked uh, at uh, an affiliate of the Chicago Housing Authority, which at the time Chicago Metropolitan Housing Development Corporation. Uh, and then from there, I came over to the Habitat Company, in which uh, my initial project was uh, with Habitat was the redevelopment of, of Cabrini Green. Um, and so I was with Habitat about two years during that process. Left, became an economic development manager in uh, for the village of Maywood. Went out to the East Coast um, and served in real estate in a number of different functions uh, on the East Coast, both development, property management, and consulting. Um, it's a couple of different firms, and then in uh, private consulting, I created a company. Um, that I was doing, uh, was conducting for the last two years that I was on the East Coast, almost, almost a good 15, 16 years I was out there in the New York metropolitan area. Uh, and then I came back to Habitat to head up 
uh, division of public housing, public housing management. Um, at the time when I came on, I think we had about 6,000 units of, uh, of, of public housing units that we managed for CHA, Chicago Housing Authority, and the St. Louis Housing Authority. Um, about three years ago, um, we, we placed all of our affordable endeavors, um, community development, and operations, property management under one umbrella, which is the Habitat Affordable Group. We rebranded it as the Habitat Affordable Group. I became senior senior vice president of Habitat Affordable Group. Um, my responsibilities are uh, I've got a, a foot in development uh, and a foot in property management. What makes it unique is that in, in many cases, when you're dealing with development, of affordable housing, you're dealing with a number of different uh, funding sources that come along with uh, regulations, restrictions um, that tie over to uh, operations um, between 10, 15, 30, could even be out to 40 years that you have these these restrictions, regulations in place that you must adhere to. Uh, And it just makes sense for us uh, that there's a seamless conveyance of that information from development to property management. Not a lot of companies have that. And, and then also we wanted to take advantage of, because we have such a, such a large uh, property management portfolio with, with, with uh, public housing, uh, we no longer wanted to call um, that division public housing because as we see, um, uh, in many cases with the federal programs and policy now is that there is a move, there's a shift with public housing to mirror the traditional affordable market um, with various different uh, rental subsidy um, that you're able to leverage now if you, you, you actually convey a property to a private entity, which now you're allowed to leverage that for to recapitalize on that, on that asset. Um, and so it becomes more of a, uh, public housing is, is, is actually moving towards, um, more, again, more of a traditional affordable model, um, and not just, uh, not just public housing subsidy, that section nine subsidy, which is really moving towards a hybrid of the section eight program. And so we were able to take it. We wanted to take advantage of that too, clearly just based upon our name, uh, and excluding, uh, um, public housing. Uh, within that within that division, we now we now have uh, almost we'll, we'll move to about fourteen thousand units of affordable housing. Wow! Uh, in August, we'll move to a total of nine over nine thousand units, uh, actually almost ten thousand units of uh, public just public housing units. That would make us just from an, a unit standpoint, operating standpoint, that's more units than Indianapolis. And Milwaukee combined, that would make us, uh, uh, I might make us in the top 12, top 10 public housing authorities, again, just based upon unit count uh, for operations in in the country. That's incredible. Thanks for taking the time to explain that in such a way. I mean, there are kind of two points that I wanted to get across about the Habitat company. I think you did both. And one is that... You know, I think affordable housing is just something that's often 
uh, I wouldn't say misunderstood. It probably is, but also just not understood. People just sometimes see it as uh, a lower rent housing complex, but it's, it's actually a, a very big business and it's a very complex business. It probably has more regulations, rules, subsidies than any other type of product. Um, product is probably not a great word to describe where people live, but type, type <laughs> of real estate uh, that's out there. And there's just um, the two points are one that there's, there's almost no challenging incentive that the Habitat company isn't willing to take on, whether it's the low-income housing tax credits or new markets tax credits or the, the myriad of other local, state, federal right, regulation subsidies programs are available. And also that it's not, as you hammered home with that quote, uh, which is a great introduction, is just it's not just a business, but it's also a social good. And so I it's a very interesting market and in that it is very different from a lot of the commercial real estate office, retail, industrial markets that you see. There's just a lot more compl complications and, and a lot more nuances. Um, and I'm sure a lot of good reasons to, to be in that space. Mm, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a, in the affordable realm, uh, you're not going to get, of course, within development and property management, you're not going to get the same sort of financial return uh, that you will from market rate and, of course, luxury. But, you know, it has to be a passion. Um, and it is for me. You know, I, I recall a, a development um, back in years ago in, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where I developed 14 uh, townhomes, all affordable townhomes. Um, and, and we can talk about that term affordable because it's kind of relative as, as well. Um, and, you know, at, at the completion, and these were for sale units, and at the completion, um, a family that had been waiting and waiting for construction uh, to, to, to kind of come to an end um, and uh, to get the certificate of occupancy. And once we did that, they were able to move in. And, you know, I, I, I went through the unit with them um, while the movers were there and they were crying. And, you know, it was something that really, it really touched me. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, shelter is something that should be afforded to everyone. And, you know, if you look around the country, there's such a, uh, uh, an, an affordability gap in, in particular in some of the, the major metropolitan areas of the country. Uh, of course, San Francisco and New York come to mind, which the, that affordability gap is, is, is tremendous. And where you have uh, many people who are uh, spending 50%, uh, 60% of their, of their monthly uh, income on housing is it's significant and yeah. you know it's 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 great to be able to go through all the machinations of of and strategize and and the layered capital stack of these projects um, because they are complicated we're essentially developing for people who who don't have the means for the product for their for their unit mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's hard to cobble together that financing that will help them be able to um, it's a hard process. It's not as timely as most market rate developments. And, and, and I think market rate folks 
don't want to go through all of those headaches uh, with that and the time issues. Yeah. And of course, dealing with the, the, the federal government, HUD, the, the municipal government outside of the entitlement process, of course, or, or any other government agencies that we're looking at for funding. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot. So again, we, we've been very thorough, very successful in how um, we go about these developments as a, as a business. And of course, then adding to our longevity, longevity has got to be a financial benefit for us as well. This it, it is a business, um, but there's a, there's a tremendous satisfaction in being it personally and as far as the company and being able to house people who without your development would have a less of a chance or a lower probability of getting into that, that type of unit. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but I'm just, I, I like to hear you talk about the passion and, and how rewarding it can be to provide those units. Cause you don't always get that when you're selling a single asset, triple net leased property or something. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good quality work. Um, and it, it can be interesting intellectually to work through those challenges, yes, but it is, yeah. it is different. Um, you know, just kind of talking about the world and you know, you are part of a group that has over 13,000 units, going to be 14,000 in August. As you say, we sit at a very interesting time in the world right now with COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic and the social unrest and, and justice movement that's going on. How has the world affected the Habitat companies' units and portfolio and the communities they live in? <laughs> Tremendous. It's a tremendous effect. I mean, we, 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 um, I think I said this today, I keep repeating myself. So, um, you know, we, we're in the service industry. We create an inanimate object, but that inanimate object that we create is for the shelter, uh, one of the main necessities of life for people. And we have to deal with all, we're, we're dealing with their homes. And when dealing with people in their homes, we're dealing with all the, the myriad of other issues that, that come along with that and the social complexities that, that go along with that. So as we look at ourselves, right, and we look at how, you know, things have progressed as far as the pandemic is concerned, um, you know, though we're, we're, we're dealing with all of those issues with all of our residents and our residents, as far as the company is concerned, it cuts across every socioeconomic group. It cuts across every ethnicity and it cuts in a, in a, a, a variety of ages from, from those who are, um, have, may have just graduated from college and getting their first rental. Um, to those who are 62 years old and older, many cases, you know, into, to, into their 70, uh, 70s and 80s. That's, those are all the people we house. We house the what is, we're, we're just a, a, a microcosm of, 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 of the city of Chicago. So, you know, early on, we as a company, saw the and kept a really a close tab on the progression of the pandemic uh as you know i think march early march march 13th uh the president declared a state of emergency because of the pandemic 
Um, and then subsequent to that, uh, in later on in March, the governor, the governor issued, uh, the, the executive order to really shelter in place. And prior to that, we were really able to put together a work and action plan based upon, you know, the recommendations from, you know, uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health, um, the CDC, uh, World Health Organization, um, issues that dealt with social distancing, our staffing levels on site. Um, we reduced staffing levels just to make sure that we weren't, you know, didn't have uh, a, a, a larger presence there um, to be able to, uh, again, to be able to properly social distance. Uh, work orders, of course, we have people engaging residents all the time. And, 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 let, me, and let me say this, that, a, that engagement of people in affordable communities it just based upon my experience, seems to be much greater than it is in the market rate communities. Market rate communities, generally, there is the expectation that everything is automated, everything can be done uh, on, on the internet, and that's where people engage. Um, in the affordable communities, um, we've had to get people into uh, um, using more internet and internet related uh, 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 platforms to be able to service them. And it, and, it, and it is even greater. It is even greater. We have a substantial portion of our portfolio, which is senior housing, um, primarily public senior public housing and, 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 and their seniors. Uh, and that's even more of a, of a high touch engagement with, with, with that population. So, you know, um, there's a number of things that we had to do and that we had to, to structure to make sure that uh, our, our communities were, were safe, um, to quell anxiety of, of, of people as well, um, and to uh, ensure that our team members were safe. We also, you know, now coming, you know, we're, we're, tomorrow is what we're going into phase four, right? And so... You know, we put together uh, also a re-entry plan. So again, uh, all of the health organizations taking recommendations from them, um, and then you know we're not opening things up totally. Not you know fitness facilities and common areas and those sorts of things. We're taking it slow based upon those recommendations, and of course having the proper personal protection equipment as as well and. And you know issues of of sanitizing this and disinfecting. Um, you know, some of these things have have affected uh, across the board our uh, expenses, unforeseen expenses at these at sites. But uh, again, it's all in, in 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 regards to our to to our safety. I, I will say the the other issue, um, which is. Uh, the the unrest, um, and of course people aggrieved um, to what is transpiring um, from a from a from a, a a racial standpoint. You know, we as a company, again, I, I really want to make this 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 clear. We've served in uh, many many communities within the Chicago within the city of Chicago. Uh, not only in the city of Chicago, but other communities throughout the country. Um, Kansas City, 
Gary, Indiana, Detroit. Um, and, you know, as I said before, when I started, uh, the first development of the Habitat company, going back to uh, founder, Mr. Levin, who's, who's active in the office today, he's, he'll be 90 years old. Uh, I had a meeting with him earlier today. I think two he was attending. And, and, you know, he has never shied away from dealing with people and issues. He's always served in, in communities, um, in, whether it be African-American, whether it be Hispanic, uh, whether it be in central business districts, uh, whether it be on the Gold Coast, where we have two buildings right now that uh, there is an affordable component there. Um, we've created Generations Housing Initiative, which I already talked about before, that there's a number of different social issues that people have. Um, you know, I, frankly, there's a lot of social issues on the high-end luxury as well as, right. uh, as affordable. But, you know, in the affordable world, we, we need to get people linked to services. That's the, that's the greatest thing is being able to create access for them. And so, We've created an affiliate that 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 um, assists uh, us in doing that as as well. So you know we're not a we're not just simply a you know CBD um, developer of high end rental. Um, a, a significant part of our work right now are in areas like Bronzeville, um, a Grand Boulevard. Uh, and these are communities in the city of Chicago. So, you, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've made a commitment as a company, not just based upon and And you've probably seen a number of different sentiments that come out um, from, from the larger companies as far as uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Um, we've made a commitment based upon action. So that's our commitment. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um... I, I know, you know, we have been talking about having you on the podcast before the pandemic and the social justice movement and unrest um, that's transpired recently. But when we were getting ready for our podcast, like, well, the Habitat Company has been working in these communities and providing value to them for years, uh, well Absolutely. before the the hundreds and thousands of companies decided to issue press releases <laughs> expressing their support. <laughs> Uh, no, knock right. that. No, knock yeah. no, 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 just, no, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm just acknowledging mm-hmm. how much Habitat Company has done uh, for 50 years, as you say. Yeah. Um, so you know, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, please. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, you know, I was going to get into, and that's kind of a good segue into, you know, our development uh, in North Lawndale with Ogden Commons. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it, it, it is the epitome of kind of how we serve and what communities that we serve. So North Lawndale area has been an area of divestment for decades. And, and from a historical standpoint, people might remember that in the, in the, in the late sixties, I think we're 66 or 67. Um, Martin Luther King uh, came when he first came to Chicago, came to the North Lawndale area because of the the, the, the disparity 
um, as far as living conditions in um, in segregated Chicago in an African American community in North Lawndale. Um, that's what, this was the first place that he that he stayed, and so two years, two and a half years ago, um, the Habitat Company, uh, along with Cinespace Studios and uh, Sinai Health System, um, which are which are located uh, in, both in 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 the North Lawndale area, we teamed up, uh, created a, a joint venture, uh, and we submitted a competitive. Uh, response to CHA's uh, request for proposals to redevelop a, a, a site, a five-acre site that was traditional traditional public housing, but was raised, was demolished some, some 15 years ago. And so our proposal really encompassed uh, 350, up to, up to 400 units of, of housing under several, several different uh, building types and 140,000 up to 140,000 square feet of of retail and commercial. So it wasn't just a and we also brought in another 5 acres to the to the development as well so in total total of 10. So it it wasn't just a an endeavor it's it wasn't just an endeavor of of uh, uh, uh of building affordable housing it's an endeavor of creating a community a community that had been uh, trying to come back really since the since the late '60s, and there was already some synergy there from the two from our two partners who are stakeholders who employ about ten to eleven thousand people um, uh, in the in that area. So it made made great sense t- for them to be uh, a, a part of this this joint venture. We just uh, closed on well, not just closed on. So back in back in December. We closed on, which is the first phase, which is fifty-two thousand square foot retail and commercial space, and and and, and I, I'd like to say that this is the the development itself is in an opportunity zone, which is the if, if those who are familiar an opportunity zone, an opportunity zone funding or the geographic areas um, was part of the revised tax code. I want to say two thousand nineteen. 2018, excuse me, right. 2000, the, the revised tax code and, and going back to 2018 at the tail end of 2018. Um, and so we took advantage of that where this project is probably one of the first viable uh, opportunity zone projects uh, in the city of, of uh, Chicago. We were able to take advantage of uh, and how we, we kind of... The, it, it was an arduous process to, to, to cobble together the, the the capital for this, in particular, in an area where you know you don't clearly have a, a, a market for commercial and retail. The only market that you have is really institutional. Um, so we were able to take advantage of uh, actually three investors. Of course, we have the company has equity. In the in the development itself, but really PNC Bank, which provided debt and equity, um, and the equity came in the form of they had a qualified opportunity zone fund. Right, right. And, the, and that. that's right. And the great thing about it was is that in some of these places, and the, the kind of the misnomer about opportunity zones is that 
you know, it's a, it's a race, it's a competition, of course, for, you know, that, that return on your investment. Of course, you're, you're, you're deferring or sheltering your capital gains, but, you know, as you go through, as you, you place your funds there, it's, it's also about the return uh, as, as well. And, you know, we were seeing more investors who were, felt more comfortable um, in investing in opportunity zones that were fairly close to gentrifying neighborhoods, I'll, I'll say. And of course, their, their returns were, were higher than what we were, what we were offering. And, but however, um, PNC Bank also has a CRA element to it as well. Um, and so there's value of that to them. So we were able to uh, bring them in. They were very excited and provided equity. We also uh, had a, a private investor. Um, so not to touch off, oh, Charles, I was just going to say, is uh, when you say CRA, um, can you just explain what that is? Yeah, the C- Community Reinvestment Act. It's, a, it's a essentially policy um, uh, with the banking community to ensure investment in particular communities uh, based upon economics. Um, And, you know, those communities or those census tracts, um, and I don't know what the the actual threshold is. Um, There is an economic threshold, but it's primarily um, in in areas of uh, of lower income. And so there's a there's a credit, of course, that the that banks get uh, for in investing in those areas. And there's a mandate just based upon the, the type of institution, essentially larger institutions that, that, that have that mandate, you know, and, um, and of course a bank like PNC or Chase are, are mandated to, again, to, to invest in those, in those areas. Okay. Uh, and of course that's a, and of course that's a, that's a, that's a value to them. And then I cut you off. Who is the uh, the individual investor? Oh, and so the, the private investor is um, uh, a Philip Morin family um, that also placed uh, placed their funds um, through a QOZ through a qualified opportunity zone um, uh, fund into this project as well. We also had the Chicago Housing Authority. Now, I'll take that back. It wasn't the Chicago Housing Authority? It's actually Chicago Housing Authority's affiliate, um, and these are. Uh, funds that they've used from proceeds of other development and they've put back into other projects uh, for uh, the creation of housing or the creation of of uh, services. In this case, of course, um, uh, the commercial and retail building that we're 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 constructing um, uh, at Ogden. So it was uh, there's a, a, a was a great deal of work to be able to acquire those funds, of course, then structure those funds within the deal, in particular with a new program, um, which is qualified uh, um, opportunity zone funds. We also did receive, uh, again, like most of these deals are extremely layered, funds uh, not to be confused with opportunity zone but neighborhood opportunity funds from the city of Chicago, which goes towards the build out, some of the core of the of the common area, but those goes towards the build out of the 
units for the end users that we'll have in the building. And in particular, um, Jaw Grill Restaurant, minority-owned. Uh, they have a great restaurant right now in Hyde Park. They're looking at expanding. We've already signed a lease with them. Uh, Steak and Shake, which is not to be confused with uh, Steak and Shake in um, out in the suburbs or at least what I was familiar with down in Champaign at U of I. Um, this is more of, a, of, a, of an urban uh, Steak and Shake. Um, the franchisee is minority uh, uh, African-American. Uh, those two businesses we've signed leases with, they're expanding their portfolio within the, the Chicago area. Uh, and the city of Chicago has provided assistance to them for, for the build out. We are, I would probably say we have about 99, 97% of the building under lease right now. Majority, of course, is is Sinai and and and, and Cinespace to a lesser extent. I've mentioned Jog Grill, Steak and Shake, uh, and we also have Wintrust Bank uh, as well as a tenant. So we're we're under construction. Construction is about thirty percent, thirty one percent complete, um, and by this time next year, we'll be having our uh, ribbon cutting as the the tenants are are going into the building. I mean, it's an incredible project. That's I saw you speak about a year ago at Marshall Bennett Institute of Real Estate, Roosevelt University. It was, it was a ninety minute presentation with all of the stakeholders, um, and we probably still didn't cover all of the stuff that we could have <laughs> yeah. covered. So, I mean, the way that you covered that in just a few minutes, it's just you know, it kind of goes to our point about how. how complex of projects the Habitat company does because you're pulling the teamwork that must be necessary and the social political skills in order to pull together the local authorities, uh, Chicago Housing Authority and their affiliate, and and also uh, massive stakeholders like Mount Sinai Hospital and, and Cinespace, which does, I, I didn't realize how big of a operation they are but they do chicago fire and and all those chicago style shows and yeah yeah i mean they're just just enormous and they produce a lot of content um and a great employer in the area and then you're you're also pulling together debt and equity from various sources and various different structures it's just to your point no one no one would take on such a project if they didn't care as well there's just there are easier ways to make money no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I also saw that you guys closed on some of your debt in early March. It was like, I think the announcement was like March 8th or something. It was like, got it in just before, got, got that Correct. deal. Yeah, actually, we, yeah, we closed that. We closed December 19th. Um, and we were actually rushing to close because there were going to be more revisions to the the. the the, the Opportunity Zone Fund or Opportunity Zone Program, the IRS. Uh, actually, the, the, that wasn't a concern after the revisions came out. Um, and of course, people had had uh, capital gains they wanted to, to, to place before the end of the year. Gotcha. Well, then also, I, I know you have a hard stop here coming up, but if you just, you guys also have a project that I believe you just announced at 43 Green. Uh, if you could speak a little bit about that project as well. 
Yeah, this is this is another exciting development, and then and this is actually where our wheelhouse is. This is our this it really is our strategy. I think I talked to you about how we were the receiver for about thirty years up till two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. Um, we ha- we we made a pivot. Uh, I talked about our rebranding as a Habitat Affordable Group, and we in turn became very active uh, in urban infill development. Uh, again, especially on the afford- with the affordable platform. Um, and so, forty three Green, which is located uh, between uh, on Forty Third Street between. King Ave, King Drive on the east and Prairie on the west. Um, and the first phase of that will be on the south side of, of the of the street, abutting the 43rd Street Green Line station. Um, I, I think we've seen throughout Chicago uh, a number of different transportation orientated developments. Um, on the north side, and this will be, I believe, one of the first uh, uh, on the south side. It's it'll encompass at about ten stories of ninety nine hundred units. I think we're at a hundred units right now, uh, and about seventy five hundred square feet of of commercial space on the first floor. Again, another. Mixed income, fifty percent affordable, fifty percent market rate, and uh, mixed use with amenities, retail amenities uh, on the first floor. We're lo- really looking at this and, and, and touting it as a as a place where, uh, of course, in a development like this, it, where you can one can live, work, and and and, and play as well, depending upon the, the 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 retailers that we bring to the to the site, but it's one where, you know, someone can literally roll out of bed, uh, get on the, uh, 43rd street, um, green line platform and take the, take the L into work and be there 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to the CB central business district. One of the, 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 the most, uh, or at least the, the initial, um, benchmarks for the project is that we submitted a our our application to the city for nine percent tax credits, and out of about fifty, I want to say 40, 40 50 uh, projects, we were one of of ten, might be fewer than that, um, uh, projects in which the city has designated uh, tax credits towards. So we've got that momentum of bringing equity into this development. The state of Illinois uh, has designated a, a million and a half in grant um, to go towards the project as well through their Build Illinois Fund and, and then through the, the Department of Commerce and, and Economic Opportunity. So we've got a lot of momentum um, with this project. The, the city as well, I don't know if you've heard of their Invest Southwest um, program, which deals no. with- Yeah, not much. Uh, Okay, deal with wanting to 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 resurrect um, cer- certain com- commercial corridors on the on the uh, south and west sides. Um, initially, this wasn't a part of their one of their districts for Invest Southwest. They've actually extended it now, 
uh, a block past our development going west. So that opens up other funding sources for the retail aspect as, as well. So we've got support from the state. We've got support from the, the alderman there, Alderman uh, Pat Dowell, uh, state senator, um, Maddie Hunter, and the community. Um, we, we had a community meeting going back to, I want to say, November that people were, or we got a, a very good, very good feedback from the, from the community there. So again, another area that there's been a great deal of divestment, it's, on, it's really on the cusp of Bronzeville and Grand Boulevard. We plan on making this investment. And since then, there's, there's, there, there have been other inquiring developers in the, in the area. So uh, at least the news itself is providing synergy for more investment in the community. Well, that's really exciting. It's great that you got awarded that uh, special incentive and that the Invest Southwest was expanded to give you that opportunity. I, yeah, yeah. I do want to recognize that this is a this was a, a really a brainchild of the re, redevelopment of this area by the by the alderman, um, but also to well, we've partnered with P three Markets and they brought this this deal to our attention. And so we partnered with them. Um, they're they're primarily uh, a, a a a local uh, development entity on the south and southwest sides of Chicago. They're ex- they're expanding and growing. Uh, they are our par- a very thorough, um, great partners for for this this deal. Uh, it's really cool. I have to. Uh, I have to check them out. If you you know put in a word for them, we get get them on my podcast. Okay. Oh, great, great. Yeah, I'd love to have him. Um, well, Charlton, I know we're we're running up on your deadline because you actually got to meet with the city here in just uh, yes, ten minutes. minutes. Yeah. So it never stops for you. Um, thank you very much for giving us uh, your time here today and for explaining a little bit about all of the the great projects that the Habitat Company is doing. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, uh, and I appreciate your time. This publication is intended for general information purposes only and does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. The listener should consult with legal counsel to determine how laws or decisions discussed herein apply to the listener's specific circumstances. 